0: Welcome to Bang the Table Talks, a podcast that discusses the evolving world of community engagement. Explore and learn with us as we host conversations with leaders in community engagement, stakeholder consultation, and public participation. We'll discuss current trends, best practices, as well as tips, tools, and ideas for better engagement programs. Thanks for uh, inviting me to come and talk to you today. I feel a bit like I'm at the Oscars and uh, I'm sending in my apologies for not being there with you. Um, However, that's not the case. I have been asked specifically to answer a few questions that uh, Nick Duffin from the Consultation Institute has put to me and take it from there. So uh, my name is Jonathan Bradley. I'm a Fellow of the Consultation Institute. I also work for Bang the Table here in the UK as Head of Practice. So my job is to promote best practice online engagement uh, across the UK and occasionally further afield. So that's kind of what I do. And uh, like you, I'm really interested in best practice, what is good consultation, what is good community engagement, all of those things. And for me, my focus for the next few years is really about getting online participation to work well, like we have done for many years with face-to-face techniques, face-to-face methodologies. So that's what I want to talk about. And I'm going to kick off really by just going for Nick's first question, which is, what is digital inclusion? Well, I think for me, digital inclusion is the opposite of digital exclusion. It's, we've talked about digital exclusion for a long time. We say things like, oh, not a lot of people on the internet. Not everybody can use smartphones and things like that. And that is true. There are still a lot of people who are not using the internet, who are not tech-savvy, if you like. However, that group of people is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And digital inclusion is about recognising that 80% of all adults use the internet daily in the UK, that people are addicted to their mobile phones, they spend their spare time scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, whatever your flavour is, and actually, what we really need to recognise is that if we want to involve lots of people from different walks of life then we need to go to where their eyeballs are and actually take a digital first approach where it really drops off i think if you just look at age is in the over 75s um, still a substantial proportion of this age group are online but actually that's where you see a big uh, a big drop off in terms of digital inclusion and, and and then there will be other groups which um, from research we will understand we may not be able to reach through online methodologies but I think the switch here is that most people are using the internet to engage in many aspects of their life and as a profession which is about involving people in public policy, involving people in changes to services, involving people in plans for their town centres. Then we need to recognise that the way to do this is to get smart in terms of how we ask people to participate online, so that when they're scrolling, when they have their downtime at home, wherever they are on their commute, they can just, you know, get their phone out, get their laptop out, and take part. Um, but the big thing for me is that just offering them an online survey doesn't cut it. That's not about. That's not an inclusive methodology. So we'll come back to that. But for me, that's a big deal. So we need to provide content that is digital first, infographics, videos, podcasts. So accessible content that is not just relying on the written word, accepting that people don't want to read a hundred page document about your um, great plans uh, that you put forward in your public consultation. Some people will. We still need to have it. It still needs to be there. But the focus is more on actually how can we break down complex arguments into content that is digital and is accessible. As well as that, we need to provide safe places for public participation. So we need to move the arguments, the debates, the deliberations off social media, where we have this understanding now that um, it's not productive, it's not conducive to cross-fertilization of ideas, it's not conducive to Um, people having an open mind, um, all of those things coming across and what we need to do is create an online platform where people can feel that um, they're looked after, feel that they can have access to information and create an inclusive environment for um, taking part online. So this is my whole thing around not another survey. Don't just offer me an online survey. That is not inclusive, that is not digital inclusion. We can also be more inclusive by reaching out to people from different backgrounds. So one of the benefits of um, things like Facebook and other social media is that they have given us the ability to um, use their micro targeting capabilities to pick out people who we know might not normally take part in a public consultation or might be part of the seldom heard groups, the hard to reach groups um, and actually deliberately target them to come along, join our online discussion forum, share their ideas on an ideation board, all of those things. Um, We can use the power of social media to actually say, hey, come along and and have your say. And many of those people might not go to a face-to-face workshop, they might not attend a public meeting. So actually by using those sort of digital outreach techniques, by um, going through digital gatekeepers, we can actually make our whole engagement, our whole consultation more inclusive, okay? So that's, that's what digital inclusion is all about. It's about looking at the internet and saying, hey, th- you know, we've got lots of tools at our disposal here to involve and engage, and um, we need to change our behavior. We need to think digital first. We need to use um, digital engagement techniques to make local democracy work better, to make public consultation work better. So that's, for me, that's digital inclusion. It's all of those, all of those things. And the next question is, why is digital inclusion so um, important? Well, the, uh, a really high at the highest level, it's probably because big tech seems to be killing democracy. Allegedly is killing democracy. There's been lots of things written now about Facebook algorithms, um, the way Twitter works in terms of creating propaganda bubbles, um, the way Facebook algorithms work in terms of um, in terms of promoting extreme views and opinions, polarization of public debates. We've, we've sort of learnt that social media is not this free way of doing public engagement, running public consultation. Instead, what we've learnt actually is that social media has had a really negative effect on uh, the, the public discourse, and our focus needs to be on sort of repairing some of that and saying, hey. Um, how do we create these safe places for online participation? So there's, there's something called the public sphere, and that is the place where people go to discuss and um, criticise our own traditions so that we evolve as, as a society. And it seems as if um, big tech, as it's evolved over the last few years, has almost um, ruined that public sphere. As less and less people are meeting in post offices, at their local community centre, in churches, um, all of those things, as we spend more of our life online, what we have to realise is that we need to recreate that public sphere so that people can um, deliberate local issues and get involved in the public discourse in a sensible, productive, informative way, rather than reactionary and argumentative way which we can find on social media. So that's why it's so important, because if we just leave it as it is, if we just offer people an online survey and nothing else, and then social media becomes their go-to place for discussing issues that matter to society, then we will exclude more and more people from meaningful public engagement, and we will exclude people from um, productive, deliberative engagement and consultation. So that is why digital inclusion is so important. Next question. Where can we emulate offline qualitative events online and how? Well, I think I started to, to sort of allude to that already. Uh, we need to create or build on this concept of safe places for public participation online. So that would be a place where I would probably register to participate. So there's almost like a welcome and um, and there's an agreement that, um, hi, you're coming, welcome to this virtual town hall or this virtual community centre. We will look after you, please tell us who you are. So there's that minimal amount of sort of like introductions. But then within that place, you're looked after. So there may be online moderators who are not facilitators, but they are there just sort of making sure that people abide by the rules of polite debate and discussion. So there may be online moderators. And um, also within that place, then there will be um, videos, images, infographics, short, um, short summary documents, where people can actually find out about the issue that they've been asked to um, provide their feedback on. And then within these spaces, what people can then do is take part in many different ways. So they might take part in a discussion forum where they can hear the views and opinions of other people where they may they may feel free to say things that they don't necessarily agree with agree with but they just want to test the water um, or they want to just put something out there and and, and find out whether what they believe is right or wrong um, so that they can talk to people with different views and opinions and all of those things that we do which creates productive and useful um, debate and great feedback for the consultee or the person running or the organisation running the engagement programme. So we provide people with these these, these multiple formats of so ideas tools, um, mapping tools where people can drop pins on maps, um, storytelling capabilities, question and answer, answer facilities, all of, all of those things. And yes, also we will have quick polls and we will have surveys, but our surveys will be full of useful information and they will allow us to include images and files and all of those things to, to make the survey come alive um, and that's that's how we emulate those qualitative or deliberative or the workshop environment or the learning environment that's how we we create it um, we create those that, that online that more qualitative participatory feeling that you get when you rock up to your local community center and spend the day with 50 other people talking about plans for changes to your local health services. So we recreate that online and the beauty of that is that you don't have to go out in the rain or the snow or the storm um, and spend the day there. You can actually do it from home, do it from your commute and drop in and out of the of the debate over time. So you know that those barriers um, to participation can be removed by taking a digital approach to this. You know I would argue and I think there is you know we need to all be involved in a, in a stronger argument promoting these methodologies. What are the most effective ways of involving people online? Well, I think I've started to say it, but if you if you look at how we've built practice offline, we've always said a good consultation, a good piece of engagement will offer people several different ways of taking part. So they can go to a focus group, they can attend a public meeting, they can fill out a hard copy survey, they can uh, get on board the consultation bus um, or visit the consultation caravan. Um, We've always said that offering people different methods, different dialogue methods, has been what best practice looks like, what inclusive um, engagement looks like, and it's the same online now. We need to look at Um, our practice and say, right, what do we provide people with online so that they feel involved, so that they have an experience which is participative, and so that they can learn about the issues at hand before they take part. So that means we need to provide people with forums where they can discuss things with each other, not discuss things directly with you as the consultee, but actually with each other. So we need that cross fertilization of experience and ideas and that's and that's from a forum. Uh, we need places where people can share their ideas, so ideation tools so that people can just chuck up their ideas like a post-it note on a wall and other people can come along and give that idea a big high five or a thumbs up or a love heart so they can do all of those things. Um, we need storytelling capabilities so that people can tell their rich stories and we can get the benefits in terms of those anecdotes and that empathy so that we can really sort of like understand the deep feelings and experiences of people that can become so valuable when we're making difficult decisions about the future of health services, social services, the places where people live um, so stories. Um, and mapping tools so that people can actually explain things about the the places where they live, dropping pins on a a virtual pin on a map, uploading photos, allowing other people to comment, and and all of those things and and questions and and answer tools. So we recreate all of those different things online so that it becomes effective and then it's so disappointing when you see how many times we just offer people a survey and and my invitation to you today or when you leave today is to go onto twitter uh, go on, go into google and and just put in public consultation and you'll find uh, lots of lots of well-meaning um, organization saying, hey we want you to be involved, we need you to have your say, no decision made about you without you, all of those things. They'll say all of those things and then they'll say, aha great let's have a dialogue, a two-way dialogue and then they'll say, fill out the online survey. There's no dialogue there, that's one-way traffic from the individual to the organization. I don't hear what other people have to say, I don't have time to reflect on my, um, on my beliefs, I don't have time to change my mind, I'm not able to participate in a, in a longitudinal exercise, it's instant. I may submit my survey and then change my mind. All of those things going on um, and, and it's so, so disappointing um, to see the amount of effort that just goes into a brochure website saying all the right things and then there's just a survey. And that's why I'm asking you all to join in with the, with the hashtag not another survey campaign. At the moment, I feel like I'm mainly on my own, with a few other people slowly joining in. Maybe by the time you see this, that might have changed. So, next question. What online facilities will young people, the elderly and the vulnerable use? Well, there's a question, isn't there? That's, you know, if, um, if if I had a pound for every time someone talked about how do we involve young people in public consultation, I'd I probably would may well have a million pounds by now. Um, there is there is no silver bullet when it comes to um, involving um, young people or, or, or other groups that may be less likely to take part. Um, what we have to do is realise that people will participate in issues that are important to them. So how we how we talk online, how, what the calls to action, the way we provide information, um, how difficult do we make it for people to take part? So that plays back into the whole thing around digital inclusion. So by, by, by offering people the ability to take part um, online conveniently easy, more easily, then we may get more young people involved. We have to also recognise that certain age groups are not going to use the internet. There's a big percentage of, of people who don't use the internet at the moment and the majority of those people will never never intend to use the internet and they don't think it's for them and they don't think it's useful so that that group is not going to engage online so what what we have to do is make the issues relevant and the engagement meaningful and then and then people will participate online so we have so it all goes back into the not another survey thing it's you know it's what's what what's in it for me Why should I participate? How easy have you made it? How enjoyable have you made it? And what is the outcome? What um, will you feed back to me? What influence do I have? Is there any point in doing this? And I think online we can create that sense of purpose and, and meaningful engagement because we can ask people to register. We can feed back the outcome. We can answer questions we can create an experience for people where they're able to have more of a a two-way dialogue or a three-way dialogue so actually it's more enjoyable it feels more real and people feel that they are participating in something that may make a difference vulnerable groups specifically you know they may be more closed environments like an ultra safe place for public participation those sorts of things um, and learning from what's going on in, in, from other practitioners, what have they done that works well with this group, and that group, and, and another group, and recognising that there is, is no silver bullet, nothing that involves everybody. Um, but online certainly does give us an opportunity to be more inclusive. Are there software packages that incorporate all of these things? Well, there is a lot of what we call civic tech out there, there's a lot of innovation. There's lots of different tools. And you know, I would say, because I, uh, one, because I believe it, two, because um, I have a stake in, in being successful, is that Engagement HQ provides a lot of the things that I've talked about all in one place. So discussions, forums, ideas tools, mapping tools, Q&A, storytelling, survey to- tools, opinion polls, um, guest books, which is like a graffiti wall. You know, it does offer all of those things in, in one place with reporting and analysis and participant databases and the ability to feedback to people and, and all the learning tools. So the ability to have document libraries, video libraries, tell people who's listening, um, all, all of those things, key dates, the things that you need when you, when you, you, know, you want to get involved in a, in a local or a national issue. There are software packages that incorporate all of these things problem is that uh, I may get in trouble for saying this because it may may upset some people but I think in the last maybe five to ten years in the UK which is was normally the home of best practice consultation, setting international standards for meaningful consultation I'd say in the last five to ten years we've been lazy um, as when I say we, I would probably say the tech industry, because we've not pushed um, practitioners to follow best practice and offer more than an online survey. And I'd have to say that in Australia, I would definitely single out as Australia as the place where they have actually pushed um, people to think more about what best practice online participation looks like. And not surprisingly, that is, you know, the, the birthplace of Bang the Table and Engagement HQ. So that would be my take on that question. What should we be looking for in online solutions? Uh, Number one, learning resources. We need to create smart citizens who can um, become informed about issues before they take part. Otherwise, as things stand at at the moment, they may have a tendency to make up their mind because of what they've seen on their Facebook and their Twitter from like-minded people and just fill out an online survey without actually really having considered the complexity of the issues. Um, if we're going to make that inclusive, then um, those we need to provide though, that information, that um, learning environment where people can watch a short video, listen to a podcast, read a short summary of an issue, look at an infographic, not relying on people to read loads and loads and loads of text. That needs to be there in a pdf for those people that do want to read the detail but but that content in the detail needs to be brought out into a digital first format the other thing we should be looking for in an online solution is multiple ways of taking part which we've already already covered discussion forums ideas boards mapping capabilities i'm not going to repeat them all again but actually you know you need to be able to turn on and off the different ways that you want people to participate. So sometimes you might just say, hey, all we need here is a discussion forum. Um, And then further on down the line, we might launch a survey based on what people have said on that discussion forum. Um, But you need to be able to turn them on and off depending on the, the project, its audience, its scope, all of those things. So multiple online dialogue methods is critical. We need some way of building relationships with participants. So we need a participant relationship management tool. Um, by that, we mean a place where people can register, tell us a little bit about themselves so that we can understand the issues that are important to them and so that we can feedback the, the results of a consultation so that we can tell people, you said we did, we couldn't do, and these are the reasons why. Um, and also so that we can invite people to take part in future activities which we, which we think may be of interest to them based on their previous behaviour and things that they told them about themselves. So that's the third thing. And the fourth thing is obviously the capability to analyse what people say. So comment tagging, survey analysis, text analysis, all of those things. And then the ability to export that into a report um, so that you've got a full audit trail of what people have said, what the main conclusions are so that you've got, you know, that, that whole sort of evidence for your whole conscientious consideration Um, Piece that we need to do as part of a lawful consultation. Let me finish with hashtag not another survey. My invitation to you is to join the campaign for not another survey and to highlight examples where people have invited people to take part. It's primarily online and all they can do is fill out a form. It's all they can do and they must be disappointed and they don't hear from any other anybody else's point of view that's what i ask that's my invitation not another survey doesn't mean surveys are bad we will always use surveys but they're part of a whole range of methods that we have at our fingertips for best practice online consultation and digital inclusion if you want to find out anything else about what i've said then please contact me jonathan at bangthetable.com and i'm always happy to chat Thank you for tuning in to Bang the Table Talks. Join us for future conversations as we explore the capacity and insight that online engagement has to offer. Check out our other learning resources at bangthetable.com.